Welcome back to what it's really like to be an entrepreneur. I'm Vincent Lancey, speaker and author of the book, Left for Dead, A Story of Redemption. Want to know what it's really like to be an entrepreneur? Well, you came to the right place. Whether you're already an entrepreneur or looking to start your journey tomorrow, or maybe just someone who needs a little extra motivation to get through the day, this is the perfect podcast for you. This is the place where you will learn exactly what it's like in the world of entrepreneurship and hear authentic stories of entrepreneurs grinding on each episode. My goal for this podcast is to help you realize that giving up is never an option. If you missed the last episode, be sure to download it after you tune in today. Before I introduce my guest, I'll share another entrepreneurial journey to inspire you all. And this episode, I will share Libby Crow. Crow got a phone call back in 2012 from a woman selling renter's insurance. This call actually ended up saving her life. Libby was 25 years old and had just quit her elementary school teaching job to become an entrepreneur. Not only that, she dumped her boyfriend and moved to Denver, Colorado for a clean start. Renders insurance seemed like a reasonable precaution, but in the article I read, she didn't plan on living long enough to ever need it. As she listened to the saleswoman, Libby repressed the pain of her father's recent death and the loneliness of being a digital business owner. I read she even wrote a goodbye letter to her mom with passwords and bank account numbers. And to go from that to now where she runs a global coaching business and for a woman who once lost the will to stay alive is now described as someone who is very fulfilled. At the time this article from Entrepreneur was written, she was 31 years old and had already mentored thousands of people via her online courses or her one-on-one consulting sessions. She even does group coaching sessions. Hey, Kawanda, what'd you like best about this story? I love that she found her will to live, you know, just in a call. How like eerie and just divine at the same time is that? I love it. You find things in the least likely places sometimes, but the sound you just heard, that's the voice of today's guest. Kewanda Lamb is an author, speaker, blogger, soon-to-be podcaster, and the winning single mom. She had a choice to make, to stay in a relationship that didn't honor her or to raise her boys as a single mom. And she decided to do it anyway and spent the last 16 years showing other women they too can parent, thrive, and win. She went back to college four times during that span, has a master's in Spanish literature, runs three businesses, and is a certified principal. Her motto is do it anyway because you can dream about it or you can be about it. She also hosts a brunch series around the United States called Brunch and Love, which includes a luxury brunch experience for single moms, plus wisdom from today's top relationship experts. But without further delay, allow me to please introduce Kaywanda Lamb. Kaywanda, thanks for joining the show. Hi, Vince. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Would you please introduce yourself to our listeners and preview your story without giving too much away? <laughs> well, wow, that was a lot. Thanks so much for having me again. Hey, y'all. I'm Kaywanda Lamb, a single mom in Texas. And I call myself the winning single mom because who wants to lose? But about 20 years ago, I found myself with a two-year-old and a two-month-old. And I had this whole life ahead of me that didn't look like I had planned it. So um, I was you know, fresh out of college, working my entry-level job at a mortgage company. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to make it. I'm a single mom. This was not supposed to be my story. I was the good girl a virgin till 21, I was supposed to marry well, get into my career, have children later, and all of that has gone kaput. But it went kaput in the most beautiful way because I get to teach women how to get up again, how to 
find what's left, how to go after their dreams, how to, you know, not stay stuck. And I tell you, back then, I had no idea I would be doing what I'm doing today, but it is a blessing to me. And I've been able to coach and mentor women all over the world and show them that single mom is not like the final step, is not the final status. And you don't get to um, stop there just because somebody decided to walk away or they passed away or you got divorced. There is so much goodness you have left that the world needs, that your babies need. And I spend my time doing that. So one of the things that I do is I help single mothers build bankable brands. And so I started out doing more of the dating confidence coaching, the parenting coaching. But I later realized like one of our biggest issues is actually financial. And so I realized how to do that because I use my skills, right? And so just a little bit about me, you, you said it already, but I spent 13 years as a high school Spanish teacher. And within those 13 years, I started about seven years ago, I started blogging and writing books and all that online, right? And so people would ask me, like my entrepreneur friends, they would say, hey, teach me Spanish. And I was like, you don't want to learn Spanish for real. But I started. And do you know what happened? Something amazing. I learned how to teach them Spanish without having to teach them everything I learned. And so I have a second business called SpanishForSmallBusiness.com and just amazing things are happening. So um, the story you read about Miss Crow earlier is, you know, I wasn't at the point of, you know, wanting to jump off a bridge or in my life, but I was at a point of why did this happen to me? I've been a good person. You know, why am I here? And so for any mom that's out there feeling like that, girl, listen up, honey, get back up you can do this. This is the start of something beautiful, something amazing. And guess what? You can always find new love. So what's up? <laughs> love the positivity. It's great to have you on the show. And Kaywanda, something I do now is called the Big Five. Each episode, my guest and I go over these five questions because I want to help you, the listeners, learn what it's really like to be an entrepreneur. You ready to go? I'm ready. Let's do it. Great, so you may have just previewed it a little bit, but when did you realize that you weren't happy with what you were doing or that you needed a change to truly start these entrepreneurial journeys? Okay, so the thing that really got me started was I was like, listen, I'm a teacher. They don't pay us enough. Um, and I realized like every time I went up in my salary, my cousin's salary would double. She works in, um, she works in telecommunications. She works for AT&T. And this has been like consistent our entire lives. I was like, I have almost four degrees. I have a master's in Spanish literature. I got all these undergrad degrees. I'm a certified principal. How am I not earning money? And I'm passionate and I'm hardworking. I'm going after it. And I want to make sure all my kids win. And I realized that I needed to supplement my income. And so I also was feeling very led. I'm a Christian, so, you know, there might be a little woo-woo for y'all. But I was feeling just called to write and tell my story. And as I was doing that, the idea popped in my head, write a book. And so that first book that I wrote has been all around the world, continues to be like my top seller on Amazon, and it's called Do It Anyway, um, The Single Mom's Guide to Living Life and Achieving Her Goals. Now, I said all of that to say the thing that got me started was I wanted to make more money. I wanted to give my kids um, the life that I had dreamed for them. And I wanted to get there faster than just, you know, doing my regular day job. So it wasn't that my day job was horrible. Um, but I did start to realize that, wow, you know, if I had a husband, this would be different, right? Or if I was in a different career, this would be different. And so I will tell you that um, 
I, I soon realized as the years went on that I could make more impact if I was outside of the classroom. And so instead of leaving my day job, because ladies, I do not advise you to do that until you have your side business and your business or your side hustles like working, um, I, I decided I was gonna give 100% in my day job, 100% in my parenting, and 100% in my business. And so that meant that I had to see my hours differently. So I learned how to get up earlier in the morning. I learned how to stay up later at night. I learned how to say no to good things that weren't moving me toward my goals. All right, I hope that answered your question. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I mean, something for me is staying away from things that don't make me better. It's always fun to go out and it's always fun to have fun, but shifting the priorities is certainly important. So I think that's the question. But yeah. since you left the classroom and you are a full-time entrepreneur now with multiple businesses, what are one or two of the most difficult parts of being an entrepreneur from a structured day job like you had? Listen, let me tell you, it has recently dawned on me. And, and as a business coach of single moms, and I can help everybody else structure their lives, tell them what to do. Oh, I'm good at it, honey. Um, how to get up out of this, how to shift, how to get those finances in order. Oh, I'm amazing. But what I recently realized when I told one of my friends, I was like, I need to run my business like a Fortune 500 company. I need to run my business like I need to be in my business the way I was an excellent, amazing worker for somebody else. And so I would say it's time management. Um, and I'm such a stickler for time management. You know, I just created a, a planner for single moms called the Single Mom Success Planner. Like I told you, I've learned how to do that. But it's what we do in that blocked off time. I'm a big proponent of time blocking. And so I would say it's time management. And then I would also say, it is structure. And so I have been like combing through all of my systems, all the things that I use, and really making sure that all those things work in tandem with each other so I can have more time to do what I want to do. So now that I've been off, this is my first full year. Um, I haven't even made a full year yet of going totally full time. So I left the classroom last year in August, and um, I was able to be so present in my son's life. My youngest son is a senior this year. And I just looked at them and I said, I cannot believe I missed all this, all those years. And so anyway, to answer your question, I would say time management and structure. And um, I've really been moving the needle on how to really drill down. How am I using my hours so that I can walk away and say today was a success, right? Of course, for my clients, I'm taking care of them. But in my own goals and dreams, I want to make sure that I'm hitting the needle, you know? Yeah, I certainly agree. Time management is everything. You know, you only have so many hours in the day. You have to make sure that you hit your goals. Something that works for me is before I go to bed, I write down a piece of paper or post it, you know, three things I have to do first. And I find myself not straying off track, the email, social media, all I'm just right there locked and loaded. And I tend to finish it rather quickly, I feel, because I'm already set. I wake up, I'm set to do it. I look down and I just get it. Yes, yes, yes. I love it. I love it. Those are definitely some difficult parts, Kaywanda, but let's talk about one of your greatest failures or lessons learned. What did it teach you? Why is it stuck with you till today? Mm, greatest failure. You know, I'm one of those people that's always so positive that I don't know if I really consider things a failure, but I will tell you, obviously me becoming a single mom, first time good girl had to deal with that shame and hurt and all that from family. But I knew that, um, that God loved me. I knew that my family loved me. They were just disappointed in me. And I made a decision within myself. People can talk about me. They can 
turn their noses up. Um, but me and my babies were going to survive. That's what I told myself. And I've pushed to do that for the last 20 years. But when you talk about business failures, I will say that in the beginning, I did a lot of, oh, this is a great idea. I'm going to do it. I'm going to invest money in it. I'm going to see if it sticks. And so one of the things that I did was um, the t-shirt I happen to be wearing today is my first actual product. And so I paid a girl an ungodly amount of money for each t-shirt, like 12 bucks a shirt. And it's not even fancy material. You know, today we can get these like $6 somewhere. Um, but I paid her like 12 bucks a shirt. Um, and I told everybody on social media, you know, people bought, but it took me a while. Like it was a year later after these shirts and I still had like one or two hanging out. And I realized that, you know, I was passionate about it. There were people who were following me. They were passionate about it and they wanted their t-shirt, but like I had not built up enough people to actually make that decision. And so what I learned is I do want to have a global movement of women saying, do it anyway. I do want to touch the world and I want us all wearing our tees and all pushing forward. But what you have to do first is lay the groundwork and you have to make sure that you are giving your people what they want. So the lesson that I learned from it is give your people what they want, not what you want. <laughs> what was, so what was the number one thing that pushed you through that difficult time? You know, obviously it was going on. You had your kids, that meant the world to you. Mm -hmm. What was that? Describe that for us. You know what? I will tell you, it was my, it was my tribe. So even though, um, so one of the things I found about single mothers, and it's not like consistently across like all demographics, but majority of single mothers, we put so much into our kids. Like we don't want to invest in other things and other people until we know that our kids are taken care of. So we want to invest in ourselves. We just have to sit back and watch and make sure it's a good investment. Um, and so what I realized is I had to give my tribe time to catch up to what it was I was talking about and to tell me what they wanted. And so just the thing that kept me going was as I continued to connect with them, continue to listen to them, they continued to show up. I realized hey, I am in the right path. I am on the right track. I am serving the right people. I just need to make sure that I'm introducing things to them at the right time. And so I've learned a lot about our behaviors because I literally am my customer. Does that make sense? Like yeah. um, getting so in tune with, you know, what my story was, what my process was back then has really helped me to make sure I'm listening to moms today. You know, even though I may not have the shame and the embarrassment or the hurt or, you know, um, not knowing what to do because I've learned those things and I teach other women how to get there faster. Right. I still reconnect with my story. I still reconnect with all those sweet moms who were so kind to support me and to share um, what they were going through. And so that's how I do it. I mean, that's what kept me going. That's how I push back. And, you know, you make a, you make a mistake, you have a loss or something, but you, you have to get back up and keep going. That's just, that's what it's like to be an entrepreneur. If you don't want to do that, then don't be an entrepreneur. I think that a lot of people think it's sexy. It's hard work. If we don't kill it, we don't eat. Let me just say that. One of my mentors, Lamar Tyler, says that, you know, if you don't kill it, you don't eat. And, and that means if we don't go get the next customer, if we don't tell somebody about our business or service or how we can change their lives, then our business is a hobby and it doesn't make money. That's the truth. I mean, you're doing a lot of good and I respect that because we have that in common. So I'm curious to hear this one of who would you have a conversation with if you could choose any entrepreneur, dead or alive? Describe the scene for me. Okay. So 
Reginald F. Lewis was a black man who, who became like the first black billionaire. Um, and he did like a venture deal. And I read his story. I have his book. It's called, now, now listen, Vince, this is what it's called. It's called, Why Should White Men Have All the Fun? <laughs> yeah. He says, white guys are white men. I'll look it up. But Reginald F. Lewis. And he's, he passed away. And what's so strange is he had done so much and was, you know, brokering these amazing deals and, you know, just set to really change the world. He was writing a book. And I think the book that we are reading, like somebody had to finish for him. But um, it's so good. It's such a good book. And what he was saying is, you know, we grow up in these places. I grew up in small town, Louisiana. I grew up to a poor family, grew up in a poor family, lower, middle, lower, I wouldn't even say middle class. Like I would say top, low class. But I thought we were middle class because we lived well. My grandmother knew how to, um, you know, stretch whatever she was getting. We always ate well. The house was clean. I mean, I just grew up so spoiled. And I, when I was in high school, this is when I found out we were poor. My mom was a single mom. <clears throat> she had five kids. She lived with my grandmother <clears throat> and her uh, father. She lived with her parents. And um, my grandmother was like my mother. And um, I was doing my application for college and counting up like how much money came into the household that year. And I looked at her and I said, we only bring in 10 grand a year. This was in 1995. Yeah. Now I was an amazing student in school. My grandmother had already, excuse me, I'm, I need water. <laughs> my grandmother had always told me, you know, you can be anything you want to be. And she encouraged me from a youth. And I was just always this, you know, almost straight A student. You know, I didn't study. I could have had straight A's if I had actually studied a little bit. But anyway, that helped me to go to college for free and um, to get my first degree. And that's when I knew, like, I had to be not better than my family, but I had to do something great because I wanted to be able to help my family. So I share that story because Reginald has something similar. Although he grew up to a family where his mom was married, um, you know, they didn't have all the bells and whistles, but he had people that were in his life that encouraged him. And looking at his journey of how he went from, um, I would say middle class or lower middle class to this billionaire inspires me. And I know that that can be my story. So what I wanna do, and I know he's passed away, I would love to talk to him about the guts it took when nobody else saw your idea, when nobody else could see your vision, how you were able to push through and make it work. And so I feel the same about, of course, my two brands that I'm currently I'm CEO of and the Spanish for Small Business, I really believe is going to change the way we all connect with Spanish and the way business owners and entrepreneurs um, see the demographic that most of us are missing out on supporting, right? So anyway, that, that's why I would love to talk to him and just be like, listen, give me a few little nuggets. Show me how to go in here and get these venture deals. Let's do it. <laughs> well, I think that's a perfect introduction to introducing our listeners to your visions of one year and five years. Let's start with one year. Where do you see all your entrepreneurial endeavors one year from today? Listen, so I am going to still be the CEO of my two companies one year from now. Um, they're totally past the six-figure mark and getting into the million-dollar mark, the multi-six-figure mark, and getting into the million-dollar mark within a year. And um, in five years, I will have appointed a CEO um, and a COO of both of those brands, and I will still be the face of the brand. And the reason being is I realize that I can do a lot. I'm a business management major. I'm a Spanish major. I'm a master's in Spanish lit. But... The thing I want to do is what impacts my tribe, 
I want to be the person that does the coaching. I want to be the person that leads the events. I want to be the person um, that interfaces with the clients because that's what I love. And I want somebody else to be, you know, doing all the day-to-day of how businesses work, you know? And so um, I think that sounds strange to some people, but I love connecting with my clients, whether they be business clients or whether they be single moms. And um, I really, really, really want to see a change in the way single mothers feel about themselves and in the way that people see single mothers. Because the truth is, we just happen to be single. We're still amazing, good people. You know, we just happen to have, um, you know, extra things on our plate, but we still have so much more to give. And so I want to see my event Brunch and Love uh, be international within five years. And I want to continue to do what I'm doing. And um, as far as, you know, vision goes, um, all my children will be grown by then, you know, and I want to be able to take actual vacations with them while my business is still working. Right, right. Well, that's the goal of every entrepreneur, to build something that's that's big enough to their satisfaction, whether they define what big is, they define what the success is, but something that they're happy about because of how much work they put in. But thank you so much, Kaywanda, for everything you gave us today. I know our listeners will see all the value in our episode. I loved how you kept it simple for the difficult parts of being an entrepreneur. And I loved your introduction for the first question of what put you into the entrepreneurial journey. I'm sure your honesty and openness is going to positively influence a lot of people, but it's time for the last word. Can you touch on something that you want to share with our listeners today that we didn't get to yet? I will simply just say this. You can be anything you want to be. And all you have to do is make a decision. You can get up from any situation that has you down. You do not have to stay stuck. And I pray that you decide to do it anyway. Thank you for being um, an amazing host. I hope y'all come follow me at kwandalam.com, anywhere on social, and look for me at spanishforsmallbusiness.com. Perfect. Be sure to check out all her social media. And remember to check out the show on Instagram and Facebook at your favorite morning podcast or on Twitter at Podcast by Lancey. Of course, my handles are at Vincent A. Lancey on all social media and YouTube. And my website is VincentALancey.com. Be sure to check out my book, Left for Dead, A Story of Redemption on Amazon now. But be sure to DM me or email me. I want to hear what you think. If you enjoyed today's episode, please continue listening and rate what it's really like to be an entrepreneur five stars. I work very hard to find value delivering stories for you on each episode. And as always, I will end the show with a quote that inspired me and know it will for you too. And this one is from Majora Carter, urban urban revitalization strategist and broadcast producer. If we're going to be part of the solution, we have to engage the problems. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you all in the next episode of what it's really like to be an entrepreneur.